0: Everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Lawanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at The Gratitude Chick, Twitter, Gratitude underscore Chick, and TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also coming to Amazon is my new children's book, My Little Thankful Heart a book for kids seven and under on gratitude. Follow my social media platforms for release dates. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of your reading corner with the gratitude chick. So as you guys remember, we are finishing up chapter six of maximize your potential through the power of your subconscious mind. And we only have about 10, um, let's see, about 10 pages left in this chapter. So this episode is going to be really short. I don't want to combine the end of chapter 5 with the beginning of chapter 6. So we're literally just finishing out this chapter for today and then we'll start chapter 6 on Tuesday. As a reminder, I do read with my own commentary. And if you guys are listening, that we are listening to... Um, 528 hertz sound for today's episode. If you guys are wondering why the significance, go back and listen to Monday's episode Manifesting Mondays this week, and it is all about chakras and the frequencies. Um, So it'll kind of clue you into why this week we're listening to 528 hertz for the episodes and next week we'll start um listening to i'm I'm doing a a seven week series on the chakras and the corresponding frequencies so each week will um i'll feature a different frequency in each episode so um just make sure you you guys tune in to manifesting monday starting this past monday in the next six weeks and you know kind of see what that's all about okay let's get started so we left off again at the end of chapter five chapter six so that life principle in you is eternal we grow old when we are bitter when we are resentful and hateful when we are full of self-condemnation and ill will these emotions and thoughts corrode our soul and we grow old regardless regardless of our age chronologically Here is a man who paid the price. Yes, a hunger and thirst, a great interest too. A vision gave James Wyatt, um, James Watt rather, the inventor of the steam, the idea that changed the world. The engine was given to me from the outside, James Watt said. I did not create it. I only accepted it. Watt was born in Scotland in 1736 and had little formal education. He earned his living as a repairman in Glasgow. I could repair nearly every kind of mechanical advice, Watt once said. One day in 1764, a customer brought a defective engine into my shop. This one event was to change my life completely. It was a new common engine, a very crude steam engine. It was occasionally used in mines to pump out water, but it was never very efficient as it consumed a lot of energy and accomplished very little work. While Watt was fixing the engine, he conceived the idea of an entirely new kind of steam engine that would overcome all the faults of the new common, but he lacked the knowledge to convert his idea into reality. Then a vision came to him one Sunday afternoon in May of 1766, while he was walking in Glasgow, in a Glasgow park, thinking and dwelling upon the engine. In the vision, I saw a steam engine in complete detail. Before I had walked much further, the whole thing was arranged in my mind. The next morning, he went to work. In less than 12 hours, he had built a new engine that efficiently harnessed the power of steam. He patented the idea in 1781 and in 1782, won additional patents for improvements. There have been few changes in it since 1782. Watts' invention was soon put to work in factories, replacing animals and men, triggering the start of the Industrial Revolution. That's why I said to you, you could have an idea worth a fortune. You can have an idea of putting thousands to work. And just think about um, that in today's technology. Um, People, the people behind Um, websites like, um, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, or, uh, YouTube, you know, YouTube has made millionaires of those people who are making just YouTube videos of their lives and just random ideas that they have. They, you know, millions of people. And because Google bought YouTube, what does that mean? That means that Google's AdSense coupled with YouTube has now created a huge income stream for people so there are people on YouTube right now that literally their job is making entertainment for you and there are people who draw more viewers than network TV which I think is insane there have been many um, TV shows like for children that have come up via YouTube like Coco Melon, you know so I feel that this is, you know, something that you can think about today. Look at people like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he was in a college dorm room when he thought up Facebook and now he is a billionaire like 50 times over, you know, and it's just simply because he opened his mind up to these ideas. There are ideas out here and even 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 though Mark Zuckerberg, he wasn't the first because the first was MySpace, you know. Um, But there are many of these apps that have come up as a result of people like MySpace and Mark Zuckerberg, um, Twitter, and, and, you know, uh, I don't know, a lot. It's a a lot. It's too many apps out there to name. But all of these apps have come about because of people like Mark Zuckerberg and the guy who who, who made uh, MySpace. I forget his name, but you guys remember... If you ever had MySpace, he was like your first follower and and he never changed his profile picture from the day at least I joined MySpace until MySpace was over. He, he never changed that profile picture. But um, I said all that to say that what he's saying is correct. If you have an idea, it can be worth a fortune open your mind up to those ideas. like look, look at all the apps out here you know it's so many apps out here for everything people are making killings on apps I remember when um, when I first had got Facebook and I used to play games on Facebook and those games have turned into their own apps where <clears throat> these app developers are making a killing just on random games that you you used to be able to play on Facebook right Anyway, you can have an idea of putting thousands to work. James Watt paid the price. The coin that he paid was attention, interest, and devotion, realizing that he could bring forth an engine that would serve humanity. There are a number of qualities that contribute to personal success in life, some like being born with good parents or in a favorable country or social class or with natural, physical, and mental endowments, are completely out of our control, but the ones that really count are the ones we can do something about. Among these, nothing is so important as the quality of persistence. You may take at random from a library shelf a biography of any man or woman who has made a lasting contribution to humanity. Some were extremely brilliant, others showed uncommon persistence. Let's take the case of Albert Einstein. In grade school, he was such an unimpressive student Then when his father asked the headmaster what profession young Albert would pursue, the headmaster replied, it really doesn't matter because he will never make a success at anything. Einstein became one of the premier intellectuals of the 20th century and probably the greatest physicist of all time, more by reason of determined persistence than because of easy genius. Many similar cases can be cited. In school, Winston Churchill was a very slow student. As a public servant, his career was thought to be rather dull and in, um, in until the crisis of World War II. He had failed to achieve most of his dreams and goals, but by staying alert and alive, he was prepared for the rare opportunity when leadership came at age 66. At a time when most men are retired, he became in 1941 the British Prime Minister and rallied not only his own countrymen but also the entire western world because of his bulldog tenacity he came to be regarded as the greatest political leader of the 20th century he paid the price didn't he attention devotion loyalty persistence, persistence dictutiveness refusing to take no for an answer always realizing there was a power that responded The story of America's greatest statesman is likewise not a story of easy success but one of dogged persistence. He failed in business at 21, was defeated for the state legislature in 1833, he was elected to the state legislature in 1834, his sweetheart died in 1835, he had a nervous breakdown in 1836, he was defeated for speaker in 1838, he was Defeated for elector in 1840, he was defeated for Congress in 1843. Now, for me, I probably would have gave up in 1836 at at the breakdown part. But his persistence is commendable. Finally, he was elected for one term in Congress in 1846, only to be defeated again for Congress in 1848. He was defeated for the Senate in 1855 was defeated for vice president in 1856, and was defeated again for the Senate in 1858. Finally, in 1860, he was elected president of the United States. These were just a few rough spots in the life of Abraham Lincoln. And who was Abraham Lincoln? Of course, we all know who he was. He was the president that freed the slaves. Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was president of the United States longer than any other man, was severely crippled by polio and served his terms of the presidency during a long depression and a devastating war in a wheelchair. One of his great strengths was a powerful use of public speaking, especially at a time when the radio had given direct access to all the American population. So him being in a wheelchair wasn't... mean yeah of course it was bad for him but in in terms of the people back then television I don't even know if television was around in the 30s or yeah in the 30s or 40s but I do know that they had radio so it was easier for him to be seen on radio or to be heard on radio excuse me instead of been you know being seen on television These famous fireside chats sounded informal and off the cuff, but at Hyde Park, New York, is a glass case displaying nine drafts of one of Roosevelt's famous speeches. The first was rough, the second improved, the third showed still greater improvement. In the eighth draft, only one word had to be changed before the ninth and final draft was run. Trifles, said Michelangelo, make perfection, but for perfection itself is not a trifle. You perhaps thought that in these fireside chats, he was talking off the cuff. No, think of the hours, perhaps the days, the experts and all these who gather together to give him all the data and the information, the specialist, and then the speech is put together and he goes over it again and again and again. And that's perfection, isn't it? Perfection is not a trifle. And of course, his talks had a tremendous influence. Churchill was also a spellbinder who appeared to speak completely extemporaneously, but as one of his biographers correctly noted, Sir Winston Churchill spent most of his life working on his impromptu speeches. I heard him talk one time. You think he was talking off the cuff, as they call it. I talk off the cuff. You guys know, you can hear it (coughs) as I trip over my words. I talk off the cuff and um even like um of course it won't be said here because um dr joseph murphy died in the 80s but obama was one of those people he was a great orator and he always sounded as if he's talking as the words were just flowing from his mind out of his mouth he always talked that way to me he was a fantastic or he's still alive he is a fantastic orator There were days, yes, and weeks behind it. He would pace the floor, we're told, and talk to himself for for hours perfecting it. Press on. Yes, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than talented people who are unsuccessful. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education alone will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. But it's good to be reminded that, that they paid the price. They had to pay the coin. Persistence, stick determination, and attention. For attention is the key to life. It's the key to success, isn't it? It's spiritual awareness. And if you put this God presence first in your life and realize that supreme and omnipotent it's only it's the only power cause and substance give all your allegiance and devotion to that and realize it's your guide your counselor your way shower your troubleshooter your adjuster your paymaster and the source of all blessings there is no other power think of the wonders that would happen in your life as you gave attention your devotion, and your loyalty to that great truth. But the minute you give power to sticks and stones and created things to men and women and to the weather and the sand and to all these other things, look at the many gods you have. One condition doesn't create another. One circumstance doesn't create another. That means you are not willing to pay the price. And the price is the one power, the one presence, the one cause, and the one substance and there is none else that's the great illumination that's the final word when you awaken to that you are a real truth student then and only then are you a truth student now be honest with yourself ask yourself this question do i really believe in my heart that there is only one presence the living spirit within me my answer me luanza is yes do I believe that it is omnipotent, um, omnipresent, omni action, that it's all there is, the very ground I'm walking on? My answer Luan- as Luanza, yes. Do I then give any power to the phenomenalistic world or any created thing? And my um, answer as Luanza, no. Do I give power to stars, to the sun and the moon, the weather, men and women, sticks and stones? karma past lives or things of that nature or voodoo or evil entities or devils and my answer my estimation as Luanza no there are no such things there isn't room for any devil and all overall through all all in all I am there I am and there is none else and from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same there is none else are you willing to pay that price yes I am you must pay that price and then you're illumined then you are free there's only the one presence and the one power the one cause and the one substance it will be wonderful when you come to that one conclusion when judge troward was asked what would you do if all the black magicians were praying against you using the death prayer cursing you in other words Pouring out imprecations. Imprecations means um, a curse. Troward responded, I say cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> Why? He knew where the power was. They had no power. Suggestion is a power if you accept it, but it's not the power. The power is the one power moving as unity. No divisions or quarrels in it. How could spirit fight itself? How could one part of spirit fight another part of spirit in any part of the world? That's the greatest of all truths, friends. I, the Lord, am a jealous God. Jealous means in this sense that you must know, you must not know other gods, not jealous from a human standpoint. Because the minute you give power to any other created thing, that moment your mind is divided. You are double-minded, unstable in all your ways. Double-minded people cannot ask anything. It is like the woman mentioned earlier in this chapter who was blaming her ailment on the climate in Denver, on the genes and chromosomes, heredity on the sun and on everything. But the cause was within herself all the time. She learned to pay the price and got a healing. I read an article about a doctor who was healed from a crippling disease. The article reported Dr. Phil Miles once was skeptical about supernatural healing, but no more. For when a bizarre disease attacked his body, gnarling and paralyzing his limbs, it was faith, not modern medicine that cured him. It was a miracle, declared the El Paso, Texas physician. Joy shining in his eyes, he said, it has given me new life. I'm walking, living, laughing, proof that there is a healing force, much more powerful than that of any person on this earth. For seven years, Dr. Miles had suffered from this strange disease, which caused his arms and legs to jerk spasmodically and twist into rigid positions. Dr. Miles, formerly on the staff of the prestigious Walter Reed Medical Center, called in some of the finest neurologists in America, but they couldn't even diagnose his disease. Finally, bedridden and growing worse every hour, the heartsick young doctor turned in desperation to his only remaining hope faith faith in god he asked the neighbor to come to his bedside and help him pray for his recovery the doctor will never forget that incredible day every moment every happening is etched into his memory i was sobbing uncontrollably as i uttered the words of that prayer he recalled no sooner had the final words left my lips when to my utter astonishment my hands which had been clenched like claws for two days, suddenly began to open. A second later, the rigid muscles in my feet began to relax. I realized I was witnessing the power of the supernatural. He said that within two days, he was back on his feet, feet, and today, more than two years later, he is still healthy and working again as a specialist in obstetrics and and, uh, gynecology at William Beaumont Army Medical Center in El Paso, Texas. Dr. Miles, 36 years of age, said that the unknown disease struck him without warning in 1965. I was examined by some of the best neurologists in the country, but they couldn't diagnose my illness. In my heart, I knew I had a form of multiple sclerosis. Well, here is a man who paid the price. He tried everything. Then he surrendered to the God presence that made made him, which created him, which knows all things. He prayed a fervent, effectual prayer. He called in a neighbor. They prayed together. It was not just a humble prayer, but also a complete surrender, recognizing the great truth in his heart. And he sobbed while he prayed. There is nothing wrong with that. It means humility. It means a complete surrender. Say, I am turning over the whole thing to that which is, which knows all and sees all. Are you going to say it is hard for me? Is the Lord's hand shortened that he cannot save? Realize that everyone has to pay the price, and that price is attention, recognition, acceptance, and conviction. You can say the price too. All you have to do is call upon it. It answers you. It's personal, no respecter of persons. Let us dwell upon these great truths. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. In quietness and in confidence shall my strength shall be my strength god richly gives me all things to enjoy with god all things are possible before i got before i call god answers according to my faith is it done unto me if thou can believe all things are possible to him that believes he shall call upon me i will answer him i will be with him in trouble i will deliver him and honor him the lord is my life and my salvation whom shall i fear The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God in the midst of you is guiding me now. So that is the end of this chapter, but it does have kind of a summary that I'll read for you. And it's called In a Nutshell. In a Nutshell, nothing is free. If you want to be wealthy, you must pay the price for wealth. If you want success, there is a price for that. Whatever it is you desire, you must give your attention, devotion, and loyalty to it. Then you will get a response, of course. The price is recognition, the price is belief and conviction. There is always a price to be paid. Nothing at all is free. Give your attention, your devotion, and your loyalty to any subject and it will yield its secrets back to you. If you do not give your attention to a particular subject, whether it's chemistry, physics, or mathematics, your job or the business in which you are engaged, Of course, you will remain in darkness regarding that particular subject. In order for you to receive, you must first give to your mind. Before you can receive wealth, you must first impress your subconscious mind with the idea of wealth. Whatever is impressed on the subconscious is expressed on the screen of space. You have things you know by right of consciousness only. You must build the mental equivalent into your mentality, whatever it is you want. Cast out of your mind all preconceived notions, false beliefs, and superstitions and realize that before you call, God will answer. While you are yet speaking, he will hear. This means that you must order your mind and thought to conform to the age-old truth that whatever you are seeking already subsists in the infinite mind. It is already there. All you have to do is... Identify mentally and emotionally with your desires, with your desire, idea, plan or purpose, realizing it is as real as your hand or heart. Wisdom is the presence and power of God functioning, functioning in you and all your ways. Acknowledge God and he will make plain your path. Trust in God and believe in God and it will come to pass. So that is chapter number six. Now, chapter seven, um, I think will will be interesting. The chapter is called "Why Did This Happen to Me?" And I know that if you are anything like me, when things arise, that you just are like, "What on earth?" And you have you don't understand. We all we have all said that one phrase: "Why? Why did this happen to me?" So that would be interesting. That chapter is only about 12 pages, so we should be able to get through it um, on Tuesday. So again, I told you guys this chapter would be kind of short. It's about 27 minutes. Um, Excuse me, this episode, I should say. So, But I do appreciate and thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, listening to this episode, I wish you guys and and i I send you guys peace and love and joy and happiness and protection and safety and and prosperity and abundance today to carry you throughout this day and laughter and i I um and don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, Join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.